attention, attention all personnel, it's MASHCAST! Hello and welcome to MASHCAST, the show that celebrates, analyzes, and examines one episode at a time, the greatest TV series of all time, MASH, which ran on CBS from 1972 to 1983. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm your host, Corporal Captain Rob Kelly, and joining us again in the VIP tent this week is General Dan Greenfield. Dan, uh, did you have you been here the whole time since episode sixteen? Yes, I've been waiting in the uh, wings uh, to come right back. Okay, very cool. Uh, we're here to talk about season one, episode eighteen, "Dear Dad Again." Uh, original air date February fourth, nineteen seventy three. Written by Sheldon Keller and Larry Gelbart, and directed by Hey Jackie Cooper again. Uh, (laughs) uh, Much like the other Dear Dad episode, this one is about Hawkeye writing a letter from home chronicling the experience he's having at the 477th. The most notable development is the addition of another doctor, Dr. Adam Casey, played by Alex Hintzeloff, who is a top-flight surgeon. The only problem is he's not a real doctor, something he confesses to Father Mulcahy. During downtime, Hawkeye and Trapper make a bet that Hawkeye can walk the camp naked and no one will notice. He makes it all the way into the mess tent until one of the corpsmen, Roy Goldman, drops his tray in shock. Trapper wins the bet. Hawkeye eventually learns of Casey's lack of credentials and takes him uh, takes over for him mid-surgery. Later, he makes a deal with Casey. He won't turn him in on the condition he never touch another patient again. Casey agrees and admits to faking a number of professions. He has the skill, he just doesn't have the patience to do it by the book. Later, as Casey prepares to ship out, he's decided to try on a new role, one of Chaplin. So, <laughs> um, that's the main thrust of Dear Dad again. Again, of course, like the previous Dear Dad episode, which was episode 12, this is just quite of a grab bag of storylines uh, that I think they, the writers probably didn't have a whole episode to build around, so they just make it, oh, Hawkeye's writing a letter home. Uh, what do you think about this one, Dan? Well, I like the letter episodes. You know, they they stopped doing them after a period of time because they did they did the Hawkeye ones, and then they 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 let other characters do it because it was also a great way of not just showing what was going on in short form around the camp, but it also gave you some insight into the character, whoever was doing the writing. So I like these episodes because of because of that. Also, I like the letter episodes particularly. Um, in the early seasons, because it, like in the first season especially, a lot of the episodes are full-length stories. That it's just one story, and they may they may shift perspectives like over to, uh, well, this is what Frank and Margaret are doing to foil whatever Trapper and and Hawkeye have going on. But it's one caper or one scam that's going all the way through. What I liked about the letter episodes is that it was really starting to bring in the idea that they could do multiple stories at the same time in in the twenty four minutes. So you get to see different things that are not necessarily connected. Sometimes they intersect, sometimes they don't. You can also bring in a little drama, although these are really all comedic bits. It also enabled you to bring in a little bit, a little bit of drama into the proceedings. So I really like the, the, the diversity of storytelling that they could do with these letter episodes. As far as all of the letter episodes go, this was a pretty good one. Um, I mean, it, it's a little uneven, but I, I really like the Adam Casey um, uh, uh, storyline, particularly because the actor who played him is terrific. He's yes. really good. Alex, and yet he, Alex Henteloff. Alex yes. Henteloff. And yet he had virtually no career beyond being in, in... I mean, he did a lot of guest roles on TV shows, 
But his filmography, at least for film, is is relatively short. The last uh, acting credit that he had movie-wise, at least according to Wikipedia, and of course Wikipedia could be way wrong, was as a restaurant manager in a 1999 movie called Payback. Yeah, the Mel Gibson movie. Uh, He he did appearances in Night Court, Alf, Black Sheep Squadron, Trapper John, of course, Barney Miller. Most of us listening to this and anyone who goes to 13th Dimension will, of course, know him as the guy who uh, potentially invents transparent aluminum in yes. Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. That is really yes. the thing that we all know him from. Right. He's that guy. Right. Not now, Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. How did we know he didn't invent it? Yeah, we know he didn't invent the thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's good in this. He's good. I yes, like, he is. Uh, the, the, the whole sequence he has with Hawkeye where he talks about that he's been a doctor, a lawyer, or do this or that, and he goes, I can do it all. I just don't have the patience or the desire to get the official certification. And he, he does it in kind of less of a quiet way. It's, it's well done. Yeah. Like you really yeah. buy it. And it's, it's based on a real person. Um, there was yeah. a real-life imposter named Ferdinand, Ferdinand, or Ferdinand Waldo DeMara, who managed to get a position as a ship's surgeon aboard a Canadian warship that was involved in the Korean War. Uh, as Dr. Joseph Sire, DeMara famously operated on 16 wounded Korean casualties that were brought aboard his ship. Um, and then um, later on, when uh, he's... he's found out and he calls Hawkeye calls him Casey he says it's Schwartz actually right. and Hawkeye goes like Schwartz now that's an in joke as well because as after Captain Casey confesses he's not a doctor or a captain for that matter he tells Hawkeye his actual name is Schwartz this is a connection to the movie The Great Imposter yes because the name real name of Tony Curtis who played Ferdinand Damara in that movie was in fact really named Bernard Schwartz so yes. it's all one big uh, times a flat circle Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a great gag, and, and and if you follow the thread, you you do you come back. Well, Bernard Schwartz, and, and of course, most the ninety nine percent of the people who watched that that episode are never going to make that connection. No. But that's also the brilliance of of the internet too, is being able to you know start pulling on a string and and, and finding where where it, it leads to. But um, but yeah, it's true, and and it, that's a great that's a great scene. I also love and. I, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, I guess we'll get to it. But the the the, the final scene of the the the, the no talent show, it, the 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 performance of all of them there, you know, Hawkeye and, and radar uh, on drums, uh, radar on drums, and Hawkeye and you know playing the the wash tub, and the way the, his interactions with Margaret as she's singing horribly are absolutely screamingly funny. He keeps like undercutting her where he's, he's yeah. Well, she starts in, in the wrong on the in the wrong uh, uh, stanza. Yeah, she starts in the middle of the song. She starts singing, and he, he just start, he's he's having none of it. And he's looking at her. And he starts feeding her the lines, and he's already mortified that they're up there. And she's way off, so she has to start the song over in the middle of them playing the song. And she's so she caterwauls, you know. She does, and Loretta Swit can sing. Yeah. So it's even funnier is the fact that she's just up there caterwauling. And, and, and of course, Henry's great, you know, doing the, you know, his, the physical comedy of, of, uh, sees it conducting it the way he does it all jaunty style. And he's having a great time. And, and of course then, uh, uh, you know, radar gets way too into it and starts banging away on the drums. It's just a really funny, well-timed comic scene. I thought we would talk about it later, but I guess we're talking about it now. Yeah. And Gary Berghoff really knew how to play the drums. I mean, he did. Yeah. He's not faking. He's really he good. played in drums yeah. later on. So they, they wanted to work yeah. that in. But yeah, I love the, the radar. I'm Hawkeye just doing my blue heaven. The way he's right. kind of like uh, undercutting what yeah. she's doing with it. It's great. Um, it's, it's funny. This is, uh, after a bunch of episodes away, 
Klinger and Father Mulcahy are back. They hadn't been in a bunch of the last ones, but right. here they get worked in. Klinger mentions that he's a virgin, which I, I doubt. Uh, but uh, but yeah, well, I always th- I always took that as a deadpan joke. Yes, yeah, because yeah. he's got the white wedding. I like, even right. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, who gets relatively non, uh, doesn't get that upset at, at or not upset, but doesn't even remark on Klinger's outfit. But even this one, he's like a white wedding dress. Like even he's just yeah. like a little like put out by like what the hell? Right. Well, it's one of the few times you actually see Hawkeye seeming to judge. Klinger a little bit, a little bit yeah. but I but I do like the way he um, I do like the way well actually Hawkeye's re, Hawkeye's re, the way he regards both both Klinger and Radar in this episode is a little unlike his typically you know he's buddy buddy with them but in both cases in in this episode he seems vaguely annoyed with them a little bit um, like when when Klinger comes in although I love the I love the part where where Hawkeye says can you give me a little constructive criticism <laughs> and then he's and he's like yes of course and 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 also the way the way Jamie Farr plays the scene is is basically just as a soldier at attention. Yep. You know, he he's not vamping it up or anything. He's just very he's actually being pretty serious. And which makes it even funnier. And then he makes the line about it. he says, you know, you got to you got to put something underneath because I could, you know, behind, with the sun behind you, I can see right through to your shorts. He goes, of course, I have all those slips in my in my uh, in my tent. I think that that's a great scene. But also when when Hawkeye is trying to I mean, radar, excuse me, is trying to get Hawkeye's attention. When Hawkeye is trying to make time with that nurse, whoever she is, and and Hawkeye does not want to be bothered, and you know, and Radar is just like, ah, you, you're going to really want to see this, Hawkeye. Yeah. You're going to want to see this, and you can tell just how annoyed you know you know Hawkeye is. Usually that doesn't happen, and then of course we find out why it was so important for Radar to you know is to tell him about uh, you know about uh, Doctor Casey. Um, but I did note both of those and the fact that it was a little atypical of the way Hawkeye would behave. Yeah, uh, he's a little, little bit off of the way he would normally would be. I like the, the whole uh, central gag of where Hawkeye does the nude walk. Uh, yeah. I think it's very funny. We can't see in a couple of scenes, like there's one shot of him where he's at the mess tent table where we see his shorts. You can see yeah. that, that, that it's cropped a little uh, uh, poorly, and you can see that he has shorts on. But it, I, it's it's a series of visual gags because, of course, he walks out of the tent, and right where his his you know his crotch would be, Two guys walk by with a board. Uh, so I mean, it's it's Mash didn't do a lot of visual gags like that, but but right. here it's it's sort of full on uh, silliness of just okay, we're going to keep blocking uh, Alan Alda's privates out of the way, and a lot, it's a whole it's a very fun sequence. I will say though, uh, and this is this is the fault of Jackie Cooper, the director. This features this episode features one of the single worst performances in the history of Mash. Because the whole joke is nobody notices that Hawkeye is naked. He walks all the way across tent, all from the swamp into the mess tent, and he gets his food and he gets his tray, and nobody pays attention. It's Goldman who is making his, again, Roy Goldman making his debut on the show. He would end up being in 67 episodes of MASH, and he would last all the way to the final episode. But Roy Goldman walks up, sees Hawkeye, and practically, like, does a one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and then drops the tray. It is totally not the reaction of someone who is shocked at something. Like, it is horrendously bad moment, and that, that that's the fault of the director. Jackie Cooper had to say, Roy, could you just turn and drop the tray? But there is a full... I, I just watched the moment, and it's like, Roy... Like you're you're consciously choosing to drop. He practically lifts his hands up to throw it up a little higher up in the air. It is it is such a bad moment. 
And, <laughs> you know, maybe Jackie Cooper was rushed. They just had to get it done. They didn't have a lot of time to make these shows. But to me, not an auspicious debut for, for Private Goldman. Yeah, that's funny. You know, and the funny thing about Goldman, too, is that I had completely – I never even realized that he existed. Like when I when, – as I mentioned in the last episode, you know, I, I recently binged the entire series since it came onto Hulu. And I, I just finished up. And the one thing about Goldman is that I didn't even remember that Goldman was a thing. Like, I mean, I, I, you know, I always remembered Igor. You know, I remembered Kelly, Nurse Kelly. Sure. I remembered some of the other nurses and whatever. But I never remembered Goldman. And yet here he is, you know, all the time. He's, he's, he's not quite Zelig, you know, because they actually didn't give <laughs> – you know, they didn't get – well, actually in a way that he was Zelig because they really never gave him any kind of real speaking lines. But they would refer to, hey, Goldman, you know, yep. you know, grab the end of this thing or – you know, uh, you have Goldman do it, and, and there he was, Roy. And of course, it was his real name. His real, real name, name was yeah. Roy Goldman. You know, um, well, I didn't realize that that was his big debut, but uh, that's you're right. That is an inauspicious debut. Yeah, the uh, when they did the Mash toy line, the action figure line, which I mentioned in the, the uh, previous episode we did together, the yeah. they released a generic Corman action figure, and it came with a Jeep. And so I just call that one Goldman. That's my Goldman action go. figure. Exactly. It's right. just yeah. a generic Corman. So right. um, this episode does feature a couple of weird editing choices. One, because we all know that, of course, CBS insisted on a laugh track for the right. show. And occasionally the show could uh, override that. But the one rule they had from the beginning was no laugh track in surgery. That was right. the rule. Except they violate it in this episode. The uh, yeah. the moment where he's talking to Ginger Bayless and he's asking for, you know, scalpel and forceps or whatever the hell he's not forceps, whatever he's asking for. And he says, Snoo. And she goes, Snoo? What's Snoo? And he goes, Nothing. What's new with you? You hear laughter. You hear yeah. people laugh. And that's a mo- it must have just slip through because right. it's it's not a joke i mean that obviously that line is a joke but i mean they really are performing surgery in that moment and yet it's you hear people chuckling so that just managed to get through whether larry gelbart or gene randall's didn't notice but it, it sticks out at me they're like whoa wait a minute what why, where are these people laughing in the in surgery and then the other weird moment is there's a point where during hawkeye's narration he talks about uh, a a fight that margaret and frank have and we see footage of them and it's margaret in bed and frank is leaning over her and he she slaps him and he slaps her back and she talks about you know frank you just think of me as a bag of desirable bones and we we can sort of hear their audio as hawkeye is talking over it that entire sequence would be reused in dear dad three they just took the entire clip except it's extended and they put it in that episode so that footage is like a year old by the time it airs in Dear Dad 3, which is very strange, because in this, in this episode, it it becomes the, the, the pivot of another storyline where Frank gets drunk with Hawkeye and Trapper because he's so upset about his bad relationship with Margaret. And that's where we learn that his brother called him Ferret Face. That's where the right. nickname comes from. It's from his brother. But it's so strange that they would take a clip from an from a season two episode or season one episode and bury it in a later show. That's very weird. That is weird. That is weird. But what was what's funny about it is interesting that that in this episode where they do where isn't it when when Frank comes in and asks to get boozed up in this episode, isn't it isn't Hawkeye get, telling knock knock jokes to Trapper? That is my favorite. Oh my god, that whole where is the Thomas Jefferson oh. because of 
what's funny about that is, of course, he's been telling knock-knock jokes in OR, so it never comes up again other than that, but you got to imagine that Hawkeye was probably driving everybody bananas in camp telling knock-knock jokes. But, we just, but it's just done in this really subtle way because twice knock-knock jokes come up. But it never, it's never commented upon. No. Oh, my God. Do I love Wayne Rogers in that scene where he's so oh, he's mad just, I always, at yeah, Hawkeye's just, I, bad I, jokes. Yeah, I never liked you, Hawkeye. Never liked you, Hawkeye. Oh, my. Knock, knock. Who is it? Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln who? Don't you know me? And it just, oh, my God. And he just thinks that's so funny. Oh, that that whole run. And I got, I got to tell you, um, I've talked about this in previous episodes where I saw most of these in syndication where they're edited. Right. They're heavily edited. That whole chunk about the knock-knock jokes is out, is missing. Oh, really? So I never saw that that sequence until they included it in a MASH reunion show. Really? Yeah. And I remember watching it, and I'm like, what, what, is, what scene is this? Because, of course, by that point, I'd seen every MASH a thousand times. Right. And I had them all committed to memory. And here was this scene I'd never seen before, and I'm like... Is this a deleted scene? What is this? I never and I loved it because it was so funny just to watch Trapper and Hawkeye be on each other's nerves. That was really right. funny. And again, Wayne, it almost feels like that it's, it's an ad lib the way Wayne Rogers plays it, where he just gets so irritated. Yeah, and, well, and, especially the second the second one when he says, yeah. "Knock knock, who's there?" Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Who? He's so mad. Was, right, so mad. <laughs> it's, I it's love like, it. Was Abe Lincoln just here? Yeah, was Lincoln just here? Oh my god, I love it. So it's that I was so like for years. I was like, where is the sequence? And then when they finally put them on DVD, and I'm like, oh, it's from this episode. I'm like, oh, I didn't right. know that. So yeah, it sort of haunted me all these years. Um, there's one other storyline where um, Radar wants to take a test, wants to get a, his, uh, I think it's his high school diploma. Oh my God, it's and, such a great scene. And uh, there's this really sweet moment where we find out Radar's been cheating because he's peeking at the answers because, of course, he's, he's memorized the answers all out of order. Right. Um, but, but Henry says, uh, Radar, you're, come on, you're smart enough to get through this on your own. Which was really sweet. I like that. that yeah. he liked, he's like, come on, Raider. You don't have to cheat. I knew you're capable of this. And I, I just love that father and son dynamic. And just the way McLean Stevenson says it, I think, is really very, very touching. Well, you know, Gary, Radar is a and, – and, and we'll talk about this another time in a different context. But he's, he's such a – he is the glue to so many scenes that he's in, Gary Berghoff. Yeah. And his, but his relationship – the scenes with just him and McLean Stevenson are wonderful. The way that, the, that their chemistry, that father and son dynamic, their chemistry is so good. And the way that they would play off of each other and talk over each other and the way that they, you know, and this is a great example of that. And even in the comic timing, even where, when he says that he mentions a rhetorical question, he says, well, we, I don't, I didn't study those. He says, study what? And he goes, rhetoricals. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, come on, Radar. You know, and 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 of course, you know, when he, when Henry, of course, finally gives up when he gives him two dates, and then Radar adds them to. Oh, I know, three thousand four hundred seventeen. <laughs> and he's had enough. He's like, "All right, you win. I hereby congratulations." <laughs> you know, congratulations, Radar. You are now the the AAA, you know, yeah. high school diploma company of yeah. Delvin, Indiana. Yeah, it is, but it's all. But it also, you know, that and, and something else that comes up that, that struck me is that, you know, particularly in the early years, you know, MASH at best had a loose continuity. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, they changed things about characters to suit, you know, whatever. They, they did not have a Bible 
that that told you, you know, this is, you know, strictly this is this character's background and this is where he's from and this is what his family situation was and so on and so forth. They and some of them they never really even spell out. I mean, to this day, I'm not even 100 percent sure where Trapper's from. I guess it's, I guess he's also Boston. I think Boston, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, of course, he's a very different Boston than Charles. Yes. Um, because they never play off his background at all. I mean, Trapper yeah. really could be from anywhere. Half the time, I think he's from New York. Um, uh, but the but the uh, uh, you know you have you know, have this scene at the end where Hawkeye is signing off and he says you know give my best to mom and sis or something yeah, like yeah. that and it's like as we well know later they emphasize the fact that Hawkeye's mother died when he was young and that he was an only child. Yep. And that was a, that was an evolution. That was obviously not something that was there at the beginning. And there are other things like that that they changed from various characters as the show went on. But every time I would see something like that in syndication when I was a kid, because it was usually in syndication because it was these early episodes, it was always in syndication. It was the kind of thing that would drive me crazy. Mm -hmm. I was like, but 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 Hawkeye doesn't have a. And then I would think, okay, it must be Earth Two Mash. Yeah. <laughs> this must be right. the Earth Two version of Mash, where in this world. Hawkeye had a mom and a sister and, and what have you. But it's it's uh, even now, watching it all these years later, it still jumps out at me as one of those things that just kind of gets under my skin slightly. Yeah, we need a, a crisis on infinite mashes and then we can yes. coalesce yeah. the universes into, into one thing. Uh, right. The the, the uh, people in the, the episode, Gail Bowman is Nurse Powell. She's the one that Hawkeye is trying to romance when Radar is right. saying, you want to hear this. She was in Lethal Weapon, uh, Tan, oh, wow. Lou Grant, and Inside Moves, Richard Donner's movie, uh, which, uh, of course, oh, wow. we got to interview him. Uh, Chris Franklin and I got to interview him about. I'll never get tired of saying that on a Superman right. Movie Minute. And then sure. the writer of this one is Sheldon Keller. He wrote Four Mashes. He also wrote Cleopatra Jones, great black exploitation movie. He worked on the New Temperatures Rising show, which, again, I always just find funny to say because it's such a mouthful. He worked on Dick Van Dyke, the Engelbert Humperdinck show. Remember that? No. Wow. And uh, uh, Rollout, which was the sort of quasi-other mash show that uh, Larry Gilbert and Gene Reynolds worked on. Plus, he did House Calls with uh, Wayne Rogers again. And so oh, he, died, there you go. he died in 2008. So, this, again, for, for, for a grab bag, which is what these dear dads are, uh, I think this one hangs together really well. All the storylines are really pretty funny. The Captain Casey thing is by far the best because it's yeah. just, it is very interesting. And as, you, as we mentioned, Alex Henteloff does a is, does a great performance. He really brings a different kind of energy to it than you would expect. So it's a fun show. It does seem a little weird that like they would do another Dear Dad just six episodes after doing the other one. Yeah, uh, I but, found that uh, strange too. And they, they, there was a season four they did that too because they had, I think they had at least two, if not three, in fairly rapid succession. And, and to the point where I was thinking, either I'm watching these out of broadcast i mean they were i think on hulu they're in broadcast order not in they're not, they're not in production order but i did find it really rather strange about how they would sometimes seem to lean on this a little and then they stopped doing it entirely yeah I mean, like about, about halfway through the series about maybe episode six i think they did the last one might have been an episode where they had a I don't think it was Dear Sigmund. I think it was an episode where they had a North Korean soldier writing Dear, back Dear Comrade, to yeah, they did Dear, Dear Comrade. Comrade. I think yeah. that was the last one, and that was, I think, season six. Season well, no, they did a couple in season eight. They did. Uh, did they? Yeah, because Klinger writes Dear Uncle Abdul. Right. In season eight, right, and right, right. and in season seven, Father Mulcahy writes Dear Sis to his sister. Right. Okay. So I then, th okay, so Dear there's Uncle a little Abdul bit later was... then, but then, yeah, but the last several seasons, yeah, they didn't, they didn't yeah. do it. But and, and, and I always liked them. I liked the fact that they were grab bags. Yeah, and I've always, I, I mentioned on the, the the previous Dear Dead episode, I was wondering why Margaret never got one. Like she was on the show eleven years, you would think Margaret would have been a perfect choice to to do one, but she never got one. It's very strange. 
You're right, and especially in the later years, after they had softened the character yeah. and that they had made they had made her a much more multi-layered character. Early on, it wouldn't have made any sense whatsoever, unless they unless they did something where they had her point of view, which was nothing like reality. Like in the the episode where 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 it's a he said he said Frank yes. versus Hawkeye. Yeah, they could have done something like that, I suppose. But you're right in the fact that she never got to do one of those, and I don't think did uh, did Radar do. Yeah, he did Dear Mom. Yeah, he did right. He did Dear yep. Mom, right? Yeah. Virtually every virtually every character gets one except for Frank and Hot Lips. They are the only yeah. ones, and Henry doesn't. But of course, Henry had a brief did brief tenure on the show, so he didn't get yeah, really comparatively. Chance. Right, but, because uh, uh, because that's right because Trapper didn't do it. Right. They they did they did they did like a half one. Uh, there's a later episode where we see Trapper writing a letter to his daughter Becky, and we see him writing it, and there is some voiceover, but it's just like a like two minutes out of the whole episode. So they, right, it's not a full on. Yeah, not yeah. a full on one. So it's a little, little yeah. strange, but but anyway, yeah, Dear Dad again. It's a funny show. There's a bunch of really great bits in it. Alex Hentelov, a really good comedic performance from from him. Uh, do you have a particular favorite joke uh, from this episode? Other um, than, the, the, of course, the the, the knock knock stuff is golden. The knock knock stuff is good, particularly the stuff in the in the swamp. But no, the the um, just that scene between Hawkeye and Casey where they're talking, and 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 the way Handeloff delivers that, you know, where he, where he's asking, he says, "Why are you doing this? You're really, you're actually quite gifted," and. He pauses, deep sighs, explains his way. Just that whole interchange, I really, really like that. You know the way they're talking, and and Hawkeye's kind of begrudging respect for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got a respect for his ability, and yet he's also, you know, kind of mystified by this character before him, and the and and then the way, you know, Casey kind of explains himself, and the kind of the resignation that you know. It's like the you know the scorpion and the frog. This is just who I am. Right, right, right. You know, I am who I am, and and kind of his his. His attitude, that scene, I really, really like a lot. As far as a specific gag, I don't, I don't have one that jumps out, but that that does jump out of me. Other than the knock knock jokes, uh, my favorite, right. I think my favorite gag is when Hawkeye is getting ready and he's looking himself in the mirror. He's nude, but he's got his his captain's hat on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and 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 he has a drink with Trapper. And Trapper says, "We usually don't serve people without neckties." Right. I just I think I just love that Trapper's totally in on it. He's just like yep. willing to just. We're not acknowledging that Hawkeye is standing there completely naked. And there's something about the way Wayne Rogers delivers that line that just makes me chuckle. Just the way he says it. it's very very funny. So, but yeah, it's a good it's a good show. It's a really funny show. And uh, like I said, it's it's. I would imagine it was probably tempting to go to this. Alan Alda was such a great performer that it probably was tempting to go to this well a lot. And they would do yeah. one more Dear Dad, but then that was it. They never did another one after that. But, I mean, good Lord, this could have been something they did every year. Uh, yeah. You know, of having Hawkeye write another letter home. I mean, it, what, it probably an easier way to write just because you just have these little bits of stories that you can throw together and make a stew out of it. But I also think that, that part of the, the – the, it. I think maybe they, they, they felt that it was getting to be a stale concept after they kind of spread it around a little bit. But also the show itself evolved in a way that they didn't necessarily need to do it. Because, again, early on, what made it interesting was that they did get to tell two or three different stories in an episode where later on they were doing that anyway without, you know, without having the structure of it being a letter. They would have, you know, a plot, certainly in, a B plot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes a C plot. But but later on, it was always in you had the A dramatic plot and the B comedic plot yep. every yeah. episode. Yeah, that's true. You know, with the with the exception of the gimmick episodes that would take a whole different, you know, a whole different tack. But even then, in the confines of these seasons, these were kind of gimmick episodes. You know, these, these were these were atypical of what the what the structure of the show was. So I think it was just, again, like everything else on this show, on this show it was something of an evolution. 
Absolutely. So, well, all right, that's going to do it for Dear Dad again, or Dear Dad, yeah, Dear Dad again. Uh, I was about to call it Dear Dad 2. It's not called that. Uh, so, uh, Dan, thank you so much for coming back on, man. You know, I always enjoy talking to you. And I said, as I mentioned in our previous show together, you've now done five of my shows. So, uh, <laughs> I guess we got to get you on Digest Cast at some point. And uh, I don't know, you're, I don't think you're particularly a fan, but we'll have to find some Bob Dylan song you can talk about. It'll just I, do hey, the whole look. run. When I, when I just saw that they're going to be making a movie uh, based on Blood on the Tracks, I got very excited. So Very cool. All right. There well, you go. Absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. Well, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, 13th, 13th Dimension, uh, uh, my, uh, my website that you also contribute to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and as I mentioned uh, uh, the last time, that you've got a couple things cooking there as well and some things to come there. So um, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, and uh, you know, like I said, if you like uh, Rob's podcasts, chances are you'll like the website. So come and pay us a visit if you haven't. Absolutely. Very cool. I love doing stuff for 13 Dimension. So it's a great, great site. I'm very proud to be associated with it. So well, thank uh, you. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Of course, you can uh, leave comments on this show or back episodes at fireandwaterpodcast.com. And we are always talking MASH over on Twitter at MASH477CAST. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And until the next episode, that is all. Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln who? Don't you know me? <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> oh, wait, can I do another one? No. Knock, knock. Who's there? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson who? Was Abe Lincoln just here? <laughs> Hawkeye, I never liked you. <laughs>